1: To serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray together. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, you are our God. We worship you. We magnify you. And Lord, this day, let us be an ambassador for you. When people see us, Lord, let them see the power of your Spirit within us. Let us be directed by you, let us be obedient to you. let this day bring you glory. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, I appreciate once again that you're listening to Heart of Messiah radio program, and I am Rabbi Steve Weiler. Every week, I come to you and uh talk to you about what God has placed on my heart. so this is a listener supported program. And so we rely on your generous gifts. Your gifts keep this program on the radio. So I'm comfortable trusting in God for the finances. So if you are desiring to help us, go to our website, click the donate button. Our website is heartofmessiah.org. But it's easier to just call Karen at 813 831 Tell her you want to support the program, and she will take care of you. All right? It would be a great blessing. Uh, This week, we're going to continue a, a series on Messianic Judaism, and today, I believe I'll be addressing why Messianic Judaism is important to Christians. So, a quick review Finds us to have three purposes for Messianic Judaism. One is to see Jewish people come to know Yeshua as their personal Messiah and understand that he is deity, that he is God. He is part of the triunity of who God is. Secondly, we want to see the church return to its Jewishness. Uh yes, and we'll talk about that today somewhat. And number three, to bring Jewish people and those who are not Jewish, who are believers in Yeshua, into unity and into love so that the world will know that Yeshua is the Messiah. Now, last week, we were uh, reviewing the kind of unfortunate uh, history between uh, Judaism and the church. And we kind of ended with the idea that the Crusades in 1099, where they sought, the Christians tried to uh, free Jerusalem. Um, On their way, uh, they actually burned down the great synagogue there with the Jewish people in it. And they marched around it singing, Christ, we adore thee. You know, the, these are the true facts. What can I tell you? Uh, King Richard Lionhearted, uh, Lionhearted in, in 1189, expels all Jews from England. The church council in 1266, Jews shall not live side by side with Christians. Of course, there's the Spanish Inquisition in 1492, which not only expelled Jews um, by the thousands— Uh, in an effort to force them to be converted, or they killed him. Um, And then, of course, we see Martin Luther, and and it's sad because this was a great man of God, and he started out uh, really believing that Jewish people would come to know Yeshua as Messiah, and so he was very pro-Jewish. But then, uh, towards the end of his years, He wrote the worst things that really have ever been written, I think. Uh, You know, things like, first, set fire to their synagogues and schools and bury and cover with dirt whatever will not burn so that no man will ever again see a stone or cinder of them. Second, I advise that their houses also be razed and destroyed. And I could go on, and you don't want to hear it, and I don't want to say it. So... (laughs) let's just say that that it was part of the foundation of of today's anti-Semitism. I mean, the Russian Orthodox Church also was involved in this. One-third were forced to convert. One-third of the Jewish people were starved uh, by removing their lands, and and others, one-third were expelled. And certainly we know about Germany in the 30s and 40s, Hitler used Luther's, of all people, anti-Jewish materials to justify the policy of extermination of Jews. So, look, that brings us up to uh, our current times. And in our current times, we see um, more. We we see the fact that anti-Semitism is still alive. We see it in Iran and Syria and and Middle East. And, you know, despite being the only democracy in the Middle East, Israel faces more criticism and more condemnation in the United Nations than any other country, including those countries that systematically kill their citizens or deny them the most basic human rights. What can I say? Yes. But modern-day Messianic Judaism, let's look at that. You know, there were Jews who accepted Yeshua throughout history. However, the real modern-day movement didn't start until approximately 1970. And I think that the inception of Messianic Judaism was scripturally based, prophetically based. And we've gone over these scriptures, but it never hurts to go over them again. Romans 11.25 says... For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes. In other words, I want to tell you about something. Don't be arrogant that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So this pardoning, uh, this partial hardening of 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 the eyes of Jewish people will start to end when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, which is in Luke twenty one twenty four. It says the Jewish people will fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So when is that well? In 1967, Jewish people went back into control of of Jerusalem. So the time of the Gentiles, I believe, were fulfilled. And right after that, Jewish people like myself started accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. We um, didn't. We thought we were the only ones in the world who believed in Yeshua, the only Jews. But uh, finally, we started meeting others. And the first congregation, I believe, was 1971 in Cincinnati and maybe 1971 or 72 in Philadelphia. Those were the first Messianic congregations uh, in this modern-day era. And you know what? Now, just after these few years since 71, 72, and since the prophetic nature of of uh, telling that that Jewish people's blinders will start coming off uh, in from 67 on, we see that there are probably 200,000 Jewish believers in the world. It's a big number. And approximately 100 congregations or fellowships in Israel that are Messianic, and probably over 300 congregations and fellowships in the United States. So God has done something. This has been a movement of his spirit. Now, two aspects of Messianic Judaism that I'd really like to go over today. The first one is the end-time movement of God. In other words, Jewish people accepting Yeshua is a visible sign to the world that God is fulfilling what he declared through his prophets of old so let's take as an example jeremiah 31:30 what it was god saying there behold days are coming it is a declaration of the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah so this covenant this which we call new covenant has been made with who the jewish people with israel Okay, in verse 31, not like the covenant I have made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, for they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. It's a declaration of the Lord. Verse 32, but this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days. It is a declaration of Adonai. I will put my Torah or my law within them. Yes, I'll write it on their heart. I'll be their God, and they will be my people. The new covenant was for the Jewish people. The heart of Messianic Judaism is is this new covenant. This uh, is—look, obviously, as we will look again at Romans 11— Everybody was invited into this covenant, but Yeshua came for the lost house of Israel, right? And this is part of the prophetic nature of the messianic movement in these days. Look, if you were not born Jewish, you become grafted in. We'll look at that. However, consider that the Christian faith is Jewish. Would you consider that? What in Scripture would lead you to think that it isn't? And look at all the Scriptures. Well, I'll continue with some more Scriptures. Ezekiel 36, 24-28. For I will take you from among the nations, talking about the Jewish people, gather you out of all the countries, And bring you back to your own land. Well, before this happens, you know, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, had to go to to the four corners of the earth. So, you know, and we did, and God did that because of our disobedience. So now it talks about that there will be a time when... We will come back. And this is what we've seen in the past 30, 40 years, that from all the nations, Jewish people have come back. What then does it say? Then I will... Sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my laws. So you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people and I will give your God, be your God. And so we see here that God says, look, you weren't able to keep the law in the Hebrew scriptures, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to cause you to be able to walk in my laws with this new spirit that I'm putting in your heart. This is what he promised to the Jewish people. Are you excited? Romans eleven twenty six and 27. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. Now, that is the future. That obviously hasn't happened yet. But listen, as it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion... Yeah, Yeshua, right? He shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is beginning to happen. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Look at what God is promising to the Jewish people first and then to the entire world. This is good news. Now, if you think that God is finished with the Jewish people, let's look at Revelation seven one. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He cried out with a loud voice to the four angels who were permitted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm to the earth do do no harm to the earth or the sea or the trees until we have put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Now I heard the number of those marked with that seal, 144,000 from every tribe of the children of Israel, 512,000 from the tribe of Judah. I'm sorry, 12,000 from, excuse me, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad. I'm not going to read all the 12 tribes, but 12 tribes times 12,000 makes 144,000 Jewish people who are called servants of God in the end of days. Is this clear? The end of time revolves around jewish people the end time revolves around israel so many prophecies that place the jews and israel in the end of time let me give you a couple more examples zechariah 8:22 and 23 so many peoples and mighty nations will come to seek the lord of hosts in jerusalem and to increase the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts In those days, ten men from all the nations will grasp the garment of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is an amazing prophecy. And look, Messianic Judaism without people who are not Jewish is not Messianic Judaism. So God had to place in people who were not born Jewish a heart of Ruth so that they would come into the Messianic movement, very similar to the first century, right? And and they are coming and they are saying, I hear that God is with you, just like this prophecy says it's happening right as we speak right now. God is so faithful in his word. Are you getting this? Zechariah fourteen sixteen through 18 actually talks about a later time. Then it will come about that any who are left of all the nations that went against Israel. So obviously this is uh, written about the time after all the nations turn against Israel. So they are to go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Booths, to celebrate Sukkot, the Jewish Holy Day. It's not a Jewish holiday. It's a holy day for everybody, but it's but it's considered a Jewish holy day. The Feast of Booth Sukkot. And it will be that whichever of the families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. If the family of Egypt does not go up or enter, then... Um, no rain will fall on them. It will be a plague with which the Lord smites the nations who do not go up to celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Booths. Or how about this one? This is pretty current. In Joel 3, 2, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people— and my inheritance, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. Woo. That's a biggie, wouldn't you say? Oh, my. And there are so many more scriptures that place the Jewish people and Israel in the end of days. Would you allow your heart this morning and your mind To be transformed, not by my words, my words mean nothing, but by the Bible, by Scripture. Scripture is asking you to not only be transformed in your morality and different things we've talked about so often, but in your understanding of Israel and the Jewish people. Now, I understand you probably don't hear this in church. However, it's Scripture. What can I do? It's the Bible. Read it. Go over the Scriptures that I've given you. See if what I'm saying is not the truth of God. Having said that, there's another very important purpose of Messianic Judaism that definitely affects the church. It is the word restoration. Restoration. Messianic Judaism, I believe, is a movement of restoration, not only for the church to understand its Jewishness, once again, which we just talked about, right, and understanding this, but for the church and Messianic Jews to be restored to unity as the completed body of believers, we are to be unifiers, unifying the church and the messianic movement because this is God's word. Well, in John seventeen twenty to 24, it says, I pray not on behalf of these only, meaning the Jewish people who have come to know you. To come to know the Lord, but also for those who believe in me through their message. In other words, the com- the ones who are coming later that they all may be one just as you father are in me and I am in you. So also may they be one in us. So the world may believe that you sent me. This is the purpose of our unity. Do you realize without this unity, The world is not going to get it. We can worry about Islam and ISIS and all sorts of other things. But how about just worrying about God's word? God's word says that as we come into unity, the world will recognize Yeshua as Messiah. If this isn't motivation, I don't know what would be. It says further in the scripture, The glory that you have given to me I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. We are to be one just as God is one. Now that is a one ship, right? That's amazing. I in them and you and me that they may be perfected in unity. We're going to be perfected as we go into unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you love me. Uh, there it is again, repeated that the world's going to know that God sent Yeshua. Oh, how, do we, how can we be out of time? That's, that's crazy. We're going to pick up restoration next week. Because there's a number of things that we need to talk about. Unity isn't just a nice thing, unity is a requirement of God, of us. You know, that God requires it of us. Okay. I pray that you come back each week and allow me to challenge you. And I'm sure that this week might have been a bigger challenge than many other weeks. (laughs) As we seek to walk with the Lord, So, as you come back in the next few weeks, I pray that you will bring other people with you. Tell people of this program so that they, too, can understand not only the importance of Messianic Jewish movement, uh, but the importance to Christians, the importance to the church in order to uh, facilitate God's end-time plan. Remember, if you'd like to give... um, To our program, to keep us on the air, call uh, Karen at 813-831-5673. We appreciate it. May the power of God's word and his spirit saturate you this day as you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King.
0: You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.